0: Support for Milledgeville Matters comes from Georgia College, Georgia's public liberal arts university, providing the experience students would expect from a private college with the affordability of a public university. For more information, gcsu.edu.
1: Thank you for tuning in to Milledgeville Matters on WRGC 88.3 FM. I'm your host, Daniel McDonald, and today we're talking about Seeing the State of Georgia on Two Wheels. My guest is Brent Bice, the Executive Director of Georgia Bikes, a nonprofit organization working to promote bicycling and improve bicycling conditions throughout Georgia. Brent Bice, welcome to Milledgeville Matters.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
1: Well, the pleasure is all mine. And um, as we get into our show, I do want to note that you're not actually joining us in the studio today. You're actually out um, calling in from the field where you're riding the highways and byways on this year's bicycle ride across Georgia.
0: Yeah, that's right. I'm sitting in a shady park, Stubbs Park, in uh, the middle of Dublin, Georgia right now. Today's our layover day, so a a well-earned day of rest.
1: Excellent. Excellent. And I'm glad that you got some of the the better weather from what we saw earlier in in the week. (laughs) For sure. Well, I thought we'd just start off by asking, you know, why is bicycling a good way to see the state of Georgia?
0: Sure. Well, it's such an intimate way to experience the beautiful countryside and meet people. When you're inside a car, uh, most people who are traveling through a state by car are typically on the interstate, and all they're going to see are the kind of, you know, chains and gas stations. Um, they're traveling at high speed through, uh, let's be honest, you know, not the prettiest parts of the state are generally the interstates, And so you don't really get to interact with um, those central parts uh, of your journey. Uh, You know, you're just kind of waiting to get to your destination. When you're on a bicycle um, or hiking, uh, even more pronounced, um, you are going at a slower speed. You know, uh, the way I bike, I'm going about 10 to 14 miles an hour. You can stop on a dime anywhere you want to. Uh, People will chat with you and wave to you, ask you what you're doing, uh, because it's kind of novel to see someone on a bicycle on some of these backcountry roads, particularly if you've got the big panniers, the saddlebags that we use to carry our gear. Um, And and folks are very friendly and very curious about what what you're up to. So you really get to meet people in some of these small towns, uh, many of which, because of the interstate, are kind of dying on the vine. They're old railroad towns, and without passenger rail, there aren't many people who come there anymore except the folks who live there. And these are the towns that really have that character, that kind of small-town, heartland, you know, feel with the mom-and-pop grocery store, the little hardware store, people sitting on porches and chatting with each other in the shade, drinking sweet tea. Uh, It's that image of the South that we like to think of, but for most tourists, what they see instead is eight lanes of interstate traffic and a billboard. So traveling by bicycle uh, actually puts you in touch with that kind of iconic uh, Georgia that, that we all feel nostalgic for if we grew up here. You
1: know, I think that's just a, a, such a great way to talk about that difference because I think that, like you were saying, when you're on the highway, it, it's very easy to believe that every place that you're passing by is just about the same because you're seeing the exact same thing on each um, exit marker. It's just some gas stations, uh, maybe a, a fast food joint, and there's really little to differentiate that from the last place that you might have uh, taken a little break from, you know, about 60 miles up the road.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, of course, um, as we mentioned earlier, you're joining us from Dublin, and this is a stop on the uh, Bragg Tour, and Bragg, of course, stands for Bicycle Ride Across Georgia. Now, your organization, Georgia Banks, is not the promoter of this. You're not officially, I guess, affiliated with the Bicycle Ride Across Georgia. But could you introduce Bicycle Ride Across Georgia to our audience?
0: Sure. It's in its 37th year this year. It's the second oldest statewide bicycle tour in the nation. So we've got that out point about Bragg. They're a standalone nonprofit, as you said, um, not affiliated with Georgia Bikes. And their mission is to put on quality, safe bicycle tours to promote a healthy lifestyle and that's pretty much what they do. And they have four events every year, including the Georgia Bike Fest and the Spring Tune-Up Ride, where people who like participating in this every year um, as a family um, or with their riding club or friends or co-workers can, can re-meet each other a few times throughout the year. And then, of course, their main event is the Bicycle Ride Across Georgia, which happens every June. And uh, while that sounds uh, like it's not the most comfortable time of year, I know that they do that conscientiously so that families can participate. They wait until all of the counties have let out for school, then that's when they plan brag so that people can do it with their families. And and folks might be surprised. There are a lot of kids, elementary and middle school-aged kids, who do this ride and will ride 60-plus miles a day up some pretty challenging hills, particularly in the Milledgeville area. Uh, I can say without hesitation that some of the hardest bike riding I've ever done was coming into and leaving Milledgeville. And that wasn't just the weather. It is some challenging topography, to say the least. And uh, you, you feel like you've really accomplished something when you get to the top of some of those hills. And then when you look to your left and see some 11-year-old uh, cresting that hill faster than you, you know, a little bit of shame is a good motivator when you're uh, almost 40. And uh, you think, okay, if this kid can do it, I can certainly keep going.
1: Yeah, it's a very good motivator.
0: <laughs> One of the things
1: I think we're going to talk about a little bit later is just some of the communities you're going through. But tell me about um, the starting and ending points for this year's BRAG.
0: Sure. Yeah, they do change the route every year. Some of the routes, of course, they they duplicate every few years. And this one started in Atlanta at Oglethorpe University, and it rode through downtown Atlanta on Peachtree Street. It incorporated some of the really outstanding infrastructure that the city of Atlanta has had and is improving upon, such as the Beltline Trail, which is a 10-foot-wide paved path that is only for the use of uh, non-motorized activities, so walking, jogging, bicycling, and it's gonna be a 26 mile loop around the city when it's finished and has generated just a billion dollars of economic development on this one, three and a half mile stretch. The East Side Trail, which is the one that uh, we were on, and then it connected to the Path Trail, which goes from Atlanta all the way out to the entrance to Stone Mountain Park, and is a similar kind of facility basically a glorified sidewalk, but because it's wider, it's usable for people on bicycles as well as people jogging and walking. A lot of people use those facilities for their commute in the city of Atlanta. We were, of course, using them as a slightly safer traffic-separated way to get out of the city. And then it rode from there to Social Circle, small town in Walton County that was very welcoming. They had some really encouraging signs that they've put up a few years ago that say, Social Circle, happy to share our roads. Because it's so bucolic and lovely there with very little traffic, a lot of recreational road cyclists from Atlanta will drive to Social Circle and Walton County to go do their training rides, their kind of sport-oriented leisure rides. And so they've got these special parking lots set up year-round for people coming from Atlanta with their bikes on the back of a car. They can get a nice, pleasant ride in in the countryside. They have these signs put up to remind the motorists in the area that – You're likely to encounter a bicyclist on this two-lane road, so be conscientious when you go around a blind curve or over a blind hill because it only takes a split second for a motor vehicle to become a weapon. And, uh, of course, a person on a bicycle is as vulnerable as a pedestrian, and uh, there's no such thing as a fender bender when you're on a bicycle. Best-case scenario is you just get a little bit bruised and cut up, but, of course, it can be much worse when, when people aren't paying attention while they're driving. And so then from there, we went from Social Circle to Milledgeville uh, and spent the night in Milledgeville on the campus of Georgia Military College. And then uh, from there yesterday, rode here to Dublin. And so here in Dublin, we've got what they call a layover day. You can ride if uh, you're that kind of a hardcore cyclist. I have definitely opted to rest my legs. Uh, which are very sore, and you can uh, take the day off and enjoy food trucks and music. You can get a massage, do some yoga. They've got a um, cult film festival, so I plan on going to watch Raiders of a Lost Ark in an air conditioned theater in downtown Dublin at 2. And then tomorrow we'll depart for Swainsboro, I believe. And then from there we'll go to Statesboro and then on to the final destination in downtown Savannah on River Street.
1: We're going to take a short break right now, but if you're just joining us, we're talking with Brent Bice, the executive director of Georgia Bikes, about bike tourism as he participates in one of the signature events on Georgia's cycling calendar, the bicycle ride across Georgia. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back with more Milledgeville Matters.
2: I'm moving on using mostly dirt roads until i find my way campbellton road can't forget cascade or the memo road in peril That's something about atlanta
1: Thank you for staying tuned to Milledgeville Matters. Today, we're talking about the economic impact of bicycle tourism in Georgia. On the phone with me now is Brent Bice, the executive director of Georgia Bikes. Okay, so Brent, in that last segment, we were talking about the bicycle ride across Georgia. And as we were leaving out, you were talking about the itinerary for this year's bragg ride and some of the communities that you were joining in. And this is really a, some of the meat of the matter of why we brought you on today to talk about the ways in which a bicycle tourism um, can be a benefit to communities. And so I thought you know, you were describing your off day here in Dublin, which you're on um, while we're recording the the interview. And I just thought I'd ask you, For the communities that host Bragg each year, or maybe from some of the communities that are kind of cycle destinations year-round, what does cycling bring to those communities, either um, in the kind of social aspect of it or economically?
0: Sure. Uh, Economically, it is just a win-win-win down the line. At kind of the most fundamental logistical level, bicycle tourists are extraordinarily low-impact it would take a million bikes a million years to make a pothole. So they're not doing any wear and tear on the public roadways. Bicycle tourists typically are affluent, highly desirable tourists. Nobody eats more. Than somebody who's ridden 65 miles that day. So local restaurants, craft beer, local coffee are all extremely popular with people who ride bikes for often practical reasons. Just uh, you know, the caffeine to get you you know charged up, the food to keep you fueled up, and the beer to relax at the end of a hard day. So they're the kind of tourists that really places want to attract because they're looking for that authentic local experience as opposed to stopping in to a chain restaurant, and then continuing on their way. They're going to linger. A lot of times we've heard from folks in J, Georgia, where there are a lot of bicycle tourists, both for off-road and on-road riding, that people will be so smitten by the community and the geography that they will buy a vacation home in the area, and especially if they have a positive experience where the motorists are friendly and sharing the road and being courteous and safe. And then, of course, if a place has great infrastructure, that's the very first step. When you have a safe, welcoming place for people to ride, that's how you're going to really attract bicycle tourists. It's a little bit different when you're on an event like BRAG because you have the safety in numbers factor. And in the morning, BRAG organizers have generously provided a police escort so that to get in and out of the town, you will often have that extra bit of safety of a law enforcement officer kind of leading the group. But for the most part, during the day, you're kind of riding on your own. Uh, You're usually in eyesight of other people, but you're kind of doing your own thing because you have to find your own pace and speed. But really, bicycle tourists are people who want to spend money in these towns. They want to have those great experiences, meet with locals. So they're highly desirable tourists who spend money, do a lot of consumption, and leave no trace. So they're kind of the ideal tourist.
1: And as we were planning this interview, you talked that there's actually um, some empirical basis to what you're saying there. You were not just speaking from your experiences right now on on this brag, but there have been some studies that have actually come out to ground what you were just saying in um, empirical evidence and fact. Can you talk about some of those studies and maybe some other surprising snippets that you've pulled from this information out there?
0: Sure. And I don't have the numbers in front of me, so I won't be able to quote exact dollar figures. But I know that, uh, you know, there have been statewide formal economic impact studies conducted uh, in other states about the impact of bicycle tourism specifically. And, you know, they have found just, you know, in the hundreds of millions of dollars in places like Oregon, Colorado, Places that really actively promote bicycle tourism by having published routes on their websites that you can download to your bike computer so that you don't have to be part of a big organized tour. You can go do it on your own or with a group of friends and be able to follow a route and know that you're on the safest roads that are maybe also the most picturesque that take you through those small towns. I know that there's data out there that shows that people who travel by bicycle spend more per day on average than their counterparts who are touring by motor vehicle, which comes as a surprise to many people, but it's been borne out by a number of similar studies. The only such uh, data we have from Georgia is about a specific piece of infrastructure, the Silver Comet Trail that runs from Smyrna, just west of Atlanta, to the Alabama border and continues all the way to Anniston, Alabama. And a few years ago, the Georgia DOT and the Northwest Georgia Regional Commission conducted a formal economic impact study of the Silver Comet, and they found that it's conservatively a four-to-one return on investment, over $150 million annually in direct economic impact. The, the number of people who go out to ride that trail and then eat at restaurants has quite literally revitalized towns that were dying like Rockmart and Hiram, these old railroad towns, and the old railroad is now the Silver Comet Trail. Uh, this paved path. And, you know, without the railroad there, they're so far from the interstate or or where motor vehicles are that they just didn't have the draw uh, and they didn't have the industry. And so now they're repositioning themselves as tourism destinations with a heavy emphasis on bicycle tourism.
1: And I'm glad that you pulled in some of these infrastructure amenities that have been put in place in Georgia. Uh, Because I want to ask you, you know, what have been some of the bright spots for cycling in the state of Georgia?
0: Definitely the most exciting and high impact is going to be the Beltline in Atlanta. Eventually, it's going to connect to some other trails that already exist, these kind of multi-use paths that are paved 10 feet or wider that can be used by people walking, running, or biking. You've got the Stone Mountain Path I mentioned. You have the Arabia Mountain Trail. There's plans to connect all the way to Rome and even on up to Chattanooga. But then, you know, aside from these kind of separated paths, There are easy, cost-effective ways when we resurface roads that we can stripe in a bike lane or a buffered bike lane, which is even more ideal, and that's where you've got the kind of standard five-foot width of the bike lane, and then you add in a painted buffer with some dashed white lines, and most people just are not comfortable, particularly families, um, in in riding close to high-speed motor vehicle traffic. You know, if you're going up a steep hill, you're going maybe six, seven miles an hour You don't want to be in front of a a motorist who's feeling impatient and increasingly angry because they don't want to go that slow. So it's better for all the different users of the road. Uh, And it's important to keep in mind that the roadways are a public right-of-way. People who are driving cars, that's wonderful, great. I drive a car when I need to, but people own cars, not the road. The road is the public space that belongs to all of us and bicycles are considered vehicles in state law in Georgia, as in every other state, and they have the right to be there unless it's a controlled access road like the interstate. So really, any road, including busy state highways, bicycles are allowed to be on, but of course, in some situations, it can be imprudent to ride where you know that there's high-speed tractor-trailer traffic and a lot of blind hills and, and corners because you might put yourself in harm's way. So what we need to do is make sure that we have what are called complete streets, streets that are designed for all users to safely reach their destination, whether they're doing something utilitarian, like riding to the Walgreens or the grocery store, or if they're on a bicycle tour between cities or even across the country and coming through your community.
1: Yeah, and just a, a personal anecdote. I grew up in the Shambly area, and can viscerally remember riding my bicycle up and down Peachtree Industrial, which you know starts off kind of you know in the uh, the hinterland, shall we say, and, and moves into become one of the Peachtree streets. that runs right through downtown Atlanta, and having moved away and probably been away from Atlanta for the last 10 or 15 years. It's such a breath of fresh air to visit family and friends and see how more accommodating it is
0: there now. And back to your question, I, I may have digressed a bit. You know, there there are eight communities in Georgia that currently have a bicycle-friendly community designation, one of which is Milledgeville, and great things are happening there because of the organization's Healthy Baldwin, the Bicycling Club of Milledgeville. We actually put on, Georgia Bikes puts on an annual conference called the Georgia Bike Summit. We take it to a different city every year to kind of shine a spotlight on communities that are at least getting started to make themselves friendlier for bicycling. And we were in Milledgeville there at Georgia College and State University's campus. And to to just quickly sum up the places that are doing things well, Athens, Georgia, you know, this big iconic college town. A lot of people ride bikes there. Savannah has the highest per capita rate of bicycle commuters of any city that size in the southeast. Huge national touring companies go to Savannah because it's such an iconic, wonderful, shady place to ride a bicycle. It's very flat. Columbus, Georgia has done a lot under the leadership of their Mayor Teresa Tomlinson to promote bicycling for recreation, for fitness, and also transportation. They are installing protected bike lanes, expanding their paved separated trails, on and on and on. Dunwoody, Georgia is putting in bike lanes as part of restriping their roadways. Good things are happening all over the state for sure, and, and I, could, I could probably spend an hour just summarizing what all those are. But suffice to say, the interest is high everywhere from Rome to Camden County, deep down in southeast Georgia, to Albany and Valdosta, all over the state. There's a lot of interest in these issues.
1: We're going to take a short break right now, but if you're just joining us, we're talking with Brent Bice, the Executive Director of Georgia Bikes, about bike tourism as he participates in one of the signature events on Georgia's cycling calendar, the Bicycle Ride Across Georgia. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back with more Milledgeville Matters.
2: Bicycle, bicycle, bicycle. I want to ride my bicycle. I say white, say I say bite, I say shark, I say him hey and George was never my scene, and I don't like Star Wars. say Rose, I say Royce, say God, give me a choice, say Lord. I say Christ, I don't believe in Peter Pan, Frankenstein, or Superman. All I want
1: Thank you for staying tuned to Milledgeville Matters. Today, we're talking about the economic impact of bicycle tourism in Georgia. On the phone with me now is Brent Bice, the executive director of Georgia Bikes. So as we get into this last section of our interview, I wanted to return to, you know, where you are in Dublin right now in basically the middle of this bike ride across Georgia. What are you seeing out there? What are you talking about, with maybe some of the other people on the ride? And what are you talking about possibly with people you're meeting in the communities on the way?
0: Sure. When you meet folks uh, just kind of in the communities, a lot of times they'll say, where are you headed? They want to know where you're going, where you're coming from. And I'll often just say Savannah because that's the end destination. And then they'll, they'll kind of laugh or say, like, whoo-wee. And I'll say, well, not today. Today we're just going to Milledgeville. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and then oftentimes you'll hear, I could never do that. And uh, if you have time, it's great to talk to people and say, you know, look, I don't do this that often. And with just a little bit of practice writing, there are a lot of first timers on brag. And like I said, there's a lot of kids out here and really anybody can do it. You have to pay attention to your body and you don't want to hurt yourself and you have to be real mindful of the heat. Uh, but really, you can impress yourself and surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Uh, a lot of the challenge is mental. When you think I can't, climb that hill it turns out that you can you just have to do the you know the little engine that could routine and and believe that your body can do that and for the most part you can so i would say really anybody can do this but you can't come into it cold having not practiced at all for day-to-day cycling i mean honestly anybody can ride 10 miles even if you're not in great health you don't want to do it in the heat of the day You you know you want to make sure you have water you want to make sure you stretch a little bit it is a physical activity of course so just like going for a hike or something like that, you know, you wouldn't want to come out in the wrong kind of clothing or anything. You have to be smart about it. But really, anybody can ride 10 miles, even if they haven't ridden a bike since they were a kid.
1: And if you could just describe some of the beautiful scenery and some of the you know beauty of our state of Georgia that you've seen out there, what what is one of the most beautiful things that you've encountered on this trip so far?
0: Oh, man. <sighs> Coming between Milledgeville and Dublin, there were some long stretches of these beautiful hills we were coming down, coasting, which, number one, is such a morale boost (laughs) when you're riding so long, when you can just coast and kind of look around you and appreciate things, and just the rolling countryside and the sound of birds. No sound of cars whatsoever, and you pass by this field with horses and cows looking at you out of curiosity. You know, the, the occasional dog or something that'll run along the fence kind of barking. It's just the most peaceful, enjoyable experience. You know, blue skies. I mean, our state is gorgeous, and particularly the Piedmont area. There's so much diversity. It's so shady, and and there's just so many trees. It's just a very green place. And then you see these tucked away little homes with their deep porches, and you just think, man, I, I could live right there. That looks really nice you get to experience a lot of that stuff on roads that otherwise you would never see if you were in a motor vehicle. It's just not the kind of place most people would get off the beaten path to experience.
1: Right. And as we're coming um, to some of the final questions, Thinking to some of our audience members who may be listening right now and, you know, may think, you know, Atlanta to Savannah. I mean, I could do that in a car, but I'd never do it in a bicycle or even the person who's saying, well, you know, maybe it would be something beneficial for my health if I were to say one day a week, start bicycling into work. Uh, But they have a little bit of trepidation about either of those kinds of journeys. What would you say to them? How would you you try to get their mind wrapped around all of the different things they need to be thinking about?
0: I think for the the person who's interested in maybe riding once a week and giving that a try, number one, go for it. Number two, you can absolutely do it. Good things to do to to prepare yourself, make sure you have the right kind of bicycle. There are as many different styles and types of bicycles as there are cars, and they're all for different purposes. You probably don't need a high-end racing bike, but you also probably don't need a mountain bike because they're very heavy and they're designed to be off-road. A good bike to start with is often called a hybrid, and it's got the number of gears you'll need if you have to deal with hills. They're usually a little more comfortable. You're not in that aggressive, hunched-over position. Um, Test ride the route when you don't have to get to work at a certain time. Um, Think carefully about the route that you need to take if you have any options, uh, always choose the lower traffic, lowest stress route that you can. Um, if you have to, get off the bike and walk for a couple of blocks if it doesn't feel safe. Um, and then, you know, review what the state laws are about your rights and your responsibilities. As I mentioned earlier, a bicycle a vehicle, and you do have to stop at stop signs. You need to signal your intention. Uh, if you're over the age of 12, do not ride on the sidewalk. It's not only illegal, it's also quite dangerous, which sounds counterintuitive, But when you're on the sidewalk, people are not paying attention to you in their car. And if they're pulling into or out of any driveway that cuts into that sidewalk, your risk of being hit by a car is about four times greater than if you're riding in the travel lane where you're supposed to be as a vehicle. A lot of people will feel very nervous about that Being assertive will make you visible. Wearing brighter-colored clothing and using lights to increase your visibility out there are some of the best things you can do uh, to make sure it's a safe ride. And there are often classes. I know the Bicycling Club of Milledgeville offers what are called smart cycling classes. It's a bit of a time commitment. It can take about eight hours, but you will be amazed at how much you learn about how to be confident in traffic how to make yourself visible and how to be defensive and how to negotiate kind of complicated situations like multi-lane intersections. There are ways to do it that make sure that you have a safe, enjoyable ride every time. And once you complete a class like that, you can feel much better when you get out on the road because you actually know how to deal with situations.
1: For my final question, I thought I'd just um, return you to Georgia Bikes. Uh, We haven't, in my opinion, talked enough about what your organization does day in and day out. I think we've talked about a lot of things that impact uh, the work that Georgia Bikes does. Uh, But I thought I'd ask you, you know, just um, what's Georgia Bikes doing right now and what are the issues or challenges you're looking to address in the future?
0: We, we engage in a lot of education around the state. We have a safety education programs manager, uh, Nedra Deadweiler, based in Atlanta, and she travels around the state teaching classes to law enforcement about bicyclist rights and responsibilities, make sure they know about the three-foot passing law so that they can enforce it. Um, we did see quite a few cars in the Baldwin County area that were not obeying that law, and it's very dangerous. You know, families getting passed at high speed by, by large trucks, and it's just, it's just common sense and basic decency to give someone on a bicycle a little extra room. Um, it's not going to kill you to slow your car down, but it might kill them if you don't. And unfortunately, we saw quite a few trucks that were driving too fast in the rain and, and not giving people safe space. So we definitely need to get that education out there. Uh, we also conduct advocacy campaigns in 16 cities in Georgia right now, I and another colleague based in Athens, and uh, he's actually working closely with Milledgeville to make sure that this complete streets policy that Milledgeville adopted will actually be implemented so that the streets will be safer with more crosswalks and sidewalks and protected bike lanes so that people feel more confident and safe getting out there and riding their bike for those short trips or maybe for students who want to ride to GMC or to Georgia College. We've done billboard campaigns, and we also put on the Georgia Bike Summit, as I mentioned. So we've got that coming up uh, this year, October 21st through the 23rd in jekyll island we move it around every year and so this year we'll be at the jekyll weston and it's a conference where we gather advocates elected officials traffic engineers and really talk about the best ways for communities to pursue being more bike friendly whether that's for accommodating bike tourists like people doing brag or for people just riding day-to-day within the community for everyday errands and transportation
1: brent bice executive director of georgia bikes thank you so much for joining me today on Milledgeville Matters, talking to our audience about uh, bicycle issues and also trying to possibly get them excited about Brag and years to come.
0: Thanks so much. I really enjoyed talking to you.
1: Well, the pleasure has been all mine. You've been listening to Milledgeville Matters and WRGC 88.3 FM. I've been your host, Daniel McDonald, and today we talked with Brent Bice. He's the executive director of Georgia Bikes, a nonprofit organization working to promote bicycling and improve bicycling conditions throughout Georgia. Thank you for taking a moment this evening to share with us here on Milledgeville Matters. I look forward to convening with you next time.